hope our super patrons enjoy the 20 minutes of <laughs> of content before we started recording. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's uh, m- my wife listening through the walls and your family yep. listening through the doorway. Exactly. Those are our super patrons. Um, yeah. They pay with their lives in a way. I mean, that's really... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they pay with the time that we're not spending with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it, it was good stuff. I, I joked about that um, a while back on Twitter when I just like called a friend of mine and I was like, so Josh and I tried this new thing. It's kind of like a podcast, but I just called him on the phone and we didn't record it. It just kind of like was between, I don't know what to call it yet, but it was kind of like a podcast, <laughs> but... But no, it was like, yeah, it was a phone call. It was like, we forgot. Are, are you talking about former patron Josh Steen? Oh, that mother. Oh, I can't believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He canceled a while Boo. ago. Boo. <laughs> I didn't even know he was a patron at one point. But um, well, I shouldn't have given him that that super, super Patreon phone oh, call then. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Whatever we're going to uh, call that. We, we, we save that for, for the highest tier. Whatever we're going to call that live one-time podcast. I shouldn't have even <laughs> given him that. It's the last one of li- those he li- gets. Live one-time unrecorded <laughs> podcast straight to your cell phone. It's like, you mean a phone call? No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, I can't have a conversation unless it's, it's broadcast content. somehow. Yeah. yeah, unless it's content. <laughs> yeah, God, how yeah. bleak is that? <laughs> that's, that's where males are in 2023 (laughs) but so but for actual patreon content we're recording on a a bit of a different day because you were busy this weekend yeah yeah my wife and i went to disneyland in uh, in california we flew out friday and flew back on monday so it was literally just a weekend affair and it was it was real nice i i cannot at all say that it was relaxing because we (laughs) walked uh, uh miles each day and uh i i was feeling it like through yesterday you know thank you for for thinking uh that we were killing it enough to go to disney again but like the the truth of it is is uh uh we split the cost and we've been paying it in chunks over the last six months oh i see so <laughs> it, it looked we, like a spur of the moment thing like no no way this was this was uh my anniversary present to grace in september oh right i remember that yeah i remember yeah. when you yeah 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 well i mean the my my present to her was the deposit which was 200 right bucks. right and right. <laughs> after that was us splitting uh like 1100 each <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense yeah yeah but it's still like you know didn't put you in the poorhouse. It didn't like deplete your savings down to nothing or whatever is what <laughs> not, I think. Not, we could... not nothing, but uh, <laughs> not nothing. yikes! It's uh, it, it's expensive. I'll just, yeah, it's expensive. It's it's, uh, it's no no shocker that Disney is expensive. Oh yeah, getting more so. No one's gonna stop going to Disney. Oh, I guess the other thing that made it seem spur of the moment was that like you texted me, you texted me on like Friday. They're like, oh, I can't do it this Sunday. Because <laughs> normally we record on Sunday, and you're like, oh, I can't do it this Sunday. And so I was like, did he forget he was going to Disney or something? Because <laughs> like, you didn't even tell me. You're like, I can't do it on Sunday. I'm and then sorry. I see, and then I see on social media that you're at Disney. I'm like, damn, I guess I just fucking picked up and went to Disney. I'm That's sorry. awesome. No. <laughs> 
it, it was a thing you were planning for six months. I meant to tell you like the week prior, uh, whenever we were like recording our last episode, and I just forgot. It was. I, not I, a big I, I forgot until we were already in California. But this was yeah, that was a, exactly. And so that cracked me up. But then the other thing that cracked me up was then we were going to record on Tuesday, and I was like, sweet. And then you texted me like, hey, I can't do on Tuesday. Then I forgot it was Valentine's. Day. I forgot Day. it was Valentine's Day, and. And then I, and that made me chuckle too. And I told Sarah and I was like, yeah, evidently Ted uh, forgot I was on Valentine's day. And I guess he has to still do stuff. Um, Cause like we were just, I was like, yeah, I'm going to podcast. So I'm going to be pot. I'm going to be doing the podcast when you come back from ballet with college. It's like, we don't, you know, we just don't do it. That magic is gone. You know, it's yeah. like, we, we, you know, it's just been replaced by like well, everyday life. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's still something there for, for Grace and I because Valentine's Day is our original dating anniversary. So we, yeah. we still celebrate that. So <laughs> that I, cracked me up, too, that I was like, because I totally knew it was Valentine's Day, but it was not a big deal. Yeah, but it's it's all good. Yeah. that, that cra- <laughs> And then I sent you the to bring it back to curb. I sent you the clip. Well, I tried to make it a full clip and then I, I fucked it up. But the clip where <laughs> Jeff wants Larry to play golf on Cheryl's birthday and he was like, what do you have to spend the whole day with her? Uh, it was like, well, you guys are going to dinner, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, so go golf in the morning, celebrate her birthday in the evening. And Larry's like, yeah, why can't I? Why can't I play golf? I should be able to play. So it was like, it reminded me of that scene from Kerbo. I was like, yeah, Ted, I mean, Ted, you're doing something afterwards, right? We'll podcast and then afterwards do Valentine's Day. Like, no, that's not, uh, that's not how it works. So, all right, should we get going? Might as well, yeah. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 5, Episode 6, The Smoking Jacket. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? Lewis needs a kidney. We really only had one little bit of homework, and that was, what was Mindy Kaling up to when this episode aired? Uh, Because she's definitely become a force in the comedy and Hollywood worlds. Uh, But what about you know, early on in her career. So I didn't know this. Her first name is Vera, Vera Mindy. It's also weird to have like kind of a nickname hmm. as your middle name. Yeah. Mindy, you feel like it's short for, I don't know. It seems like it's short for something though, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I've never considered that. I don't know. But Vera Mindy Chokalingham, Chokalingham. I'm probably butchering that, but uh, she was born in 79 and she's never been called Vera. Uh, she says she's been referred to as Mindy since her mother was pregnant with her while her parents were living in Bengal. They were already planning to move to the U.S. and wanted, Kaling said, a cute American name for their daughter. So that's why they picked Mindy because of the TV show Mork and Mindy. So that's kind of cool that someone who went on to be huge in the world of TV comedy was named after one of the big TV comedies of history. Yeah, that's uh, cool. And Vera is an in, uh, the name of the incarnation of a Hindu goddess. So that's why they gave her that traditional name. So while she was a 19-year-old sophomore at Dartmouth, Mindy Kaling was an intern on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. I think Angela Kinsey was also an intern on Conan as well. Probably some other... I, I know there's tons of famous interns from, from that show. After college, Mindy moved to Brooklyn and said one of her worst job experiences was as a production assistant for three months on the Crossing Over with John Edwards psychic show. (laughs) But it was during that time that she started performing stand-up comedy and using her stage name, even touring with future co-star Craig Robinson. Here's what I remembered uh, from the early days of Mindy Kaling. In August of 2002, she portrayed Ben Affleck in an off-Broadway play called Matt and Ben, which she co-wrote with her best friend from college, Brenda Withers, 
who played Matt Damon, and the play was named one of Time Magazine's top 10 theatrical events of the year, a surprise hit at the 2002 New York International Fringe Festival, and Withers and Kaling had, for their own entertainment, mockingly pretended to be the best friends, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. So I guess like in their, in their you know, just goofing around, they pretend to be Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, and then that spawned the goofy play that reimagined how Ben Affleck and Matt Damon came to write the movie Goodwill Hunting. You can actually put this play on at your local theater if you want to. It's available uh, to license from Concord Theatricals, who say this about it. Matt and Ben depicts its Hollywood golden boys before J-Lo, before Gwyneth, before Project Greenlight, before Oscar, before anyone actually gave a damn. When the screenplay for Goodwill Hunting drops mysteriously from the heavens, the boys realize they're being tested by a higher power. It is $125 per performance, uh, but if it is not being put on at a theater near you, the full version starring Mindy Kaling and Brenda Withers is on YouTube in all of its washed out VHS glory. So, uh, you know, you can search Mindy Kaling, Matt and Ben. I kind of want to check it out. You know, I just want to see how hilarious it is. In 2004, Greg Daniels was working to adapt The Office from the BBC TV series. He hired Kaling as a writer performer after reading a spec script she wrote. And so the first episode of The Office was March 24th, 2005. Her character didn't appear, though, until episode two, so probably April something uh, of 2005. This episode that she was in was October 30th of 2005, but The Office wasn't like a gigantic hit right away. It was on the bubble for, like, I would say the first two seasons. Like, I think they had one, kind of like Seinfeld, they had, like, a six-episode first season, a 12-episode second season, and then it finally took off. So... Um, she was also in the 40 year old virgin uh, that same year in 05 in August. But you got to imagine, like, you know, Curb for an episode to air in October was probably filming around the time that The Office was coming out. The first season of The Office was airing. In other words, uh, the 40 year old virgin, she had a small part in. So, you know, this was still very much like not a cameo, I guess, is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Just as so much like I'm, I've got this early gig career, this... yes, yeah, but yeah. not cameo. Yeah, very much like. All right, this show I'm on for six episodes, probably not going to get picked up. At least, you know, I got this other one time gig in this in Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's cool for the real or whatever. But obviously she uh, went on to work a long time uh, on The Office. <laughs> um, I oh, I think that is. Oh, no, this man. It was so long ago. I was like, wait, was this the episode with Pete Hagen? And it is. Pete Hagen, the man who Larry and Jeff have burgers with at Jack in the Box. And he later robs the Jack in the Box is played by Frank Whaley, as I mentioned. And as I mentioned, too, one of his most famous roles is probably his scene in Pulp Fiction. That scene also involved eating takeout from a burger joint and contained a reference to Jack in the Box. Jules, played by Samuel L. Jackson, asks him where'd he get the burger. Uh, he says, what kind of burgers you get? And he said, cheeseburgers. He's like, no, no, no. Where'd you get it? McDonald's, Wendy's, Jack in the Box, where? And that's when he tells him it's Big Kahuna Burger. And uh, the scene goes on. In another sort of crossover... The Seinfeld episode, The Statue, contained a nearly identical joke about whether it's good or bad to be the last one selected in Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo or Inkadink, if you remember that. Like <laughs> when Jer uh, Jerry and George are trying to decide who gets to do something, I don't remember what it was. They both sort of like are silent and you can see them like counting in their heads who they want to yeah, start. Yeah, I remember. And when Larry is identifying the man he had dinner with, Pete Hagen, in the police lineup, the officer says one of the guy's aliases is Peter the Torque. And that's a reference, evidently, to Peter Tork, who was a member of the band The Monkees. And so that is all of the uh, homework and trivia and tidbits that we had. Let us now consult the book. And 
we'd got nothing. Nothing for oh, this episode okay. except Jeff in action when Richard Lewis is, oh my God, it's that back and forth. Richard Lewis's nurse tells Larry and Jeff they're both compatible for a transplant. And he says, good night, nurse. And she says, good night. It's just a saying. I've never heard it. It's an old one. That's nice. It is. <laughs> I know it is. Do you? Do you? I do. Good for you. It is good for me. And so on and so forth. So Jesus Christ, uh, yeah. there's absolutely no trivia or anything else about it. So uh, you may be seated. I'm sorry you even had to stand for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the length of a prayer. It's totally yeah, fine. Exactly. We could have done All the right. prayer like the call and response that they do. Like I'd be the preacher and you'd be the, you know, and, and we read it like uh, that always cracked me up because like no one does that in full voice. You know, like when I've been to church, they're like, uh, you know, the, the priest even sometimes doesn't even put his heart into it. But sometimes the priest is like, and may the Lord be with you. And, and also, also with you. With you. And also with you. And no one wants to be too loud. I always wanted to do that, like, full-throated voice like my normal. And, like, also, and also with you. And also with you. It's like, yeah, let's put some heart into <laughs> it, you know? Like, why do we have to? But it would be funny to go to, like, you know. So how long? Wait. Oh, wait. That's that's next week. Um, uh, <laughs> good night, nurse. And then you go, good night. It's just a saying. I've never heard it. It's an old one. That's nice. We could have done the call and response, <laughs> like, like, in a church, but. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, do we have any uh, other homework or, or news or anything? Uh, you know, not too much has broken since uh, we last recorded, except we did lose a Hollywood legend, uh, the star of the Tony Award winning Broadway musical Scarsdale Surprise. Uh, <laughs> she was let go, as you might remember from that production, but Raquel Welch uh, passed away the week we're recording this at the age of 82, shot to fame in the 1960s, and of course, had a guest spot on uh, Seinfeld where Kramer uh, was a seat filler at the Tonys and ended up accepting an award for the musical she was in, Scarsdale Surprise, and ended up having to fire her in order to keep that Tony. <laughs> and it didn't go well, if you remember. But also she was the subject of a raunchy joke that uh, Tim Watley told when he converted to Judaism. And uh, he told a joke about her in the lifeboat and the punchline was those aren't buoys. And we never actually heard the first joke, but you kind of could write it in your head. Um, so, yeah, uh, Seinfeld mainstay as uh, we've lost her. But I think that's about it. I think that's about it. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show despite the last – God, I mean, for, for, our, for our super, super patrons, uh, that is just uh, Tim and I's family, uh, including that for the last – 40 minutes um we are not a research heavy show we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework i've never seen these episodes before tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years if we miss anything if we egregiously skip over something please send us an email or send us a tweet it's at no hugging on twitter or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com both those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts and uh, maybe on Spotify. I have no idea. Um, if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify if you use either of those apps. Um, if you like us a little bit more than that, you can join us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you can join the It's a Hyundai tier and get early access to every single episode but it ain't just the regular free feed episodes that you're getting early access to no no they are extended length because there is all that bullshit that we do not cut out that we typically do for the free feed but if you want to do it again five dollars a month patreon.com slash no hugging you can join nate collins no you know what 
is always goes to the All Patrons tab, and I don't know why. You can join Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast, John and Kathleen Murphy, Tim's dad and mom, two separate accounts, <laughs> uh, Will Hall, Danica Ligorio, and J-Dog Conlord, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and, oh, we also got, uh, at least for another couple of weeks, Nate Collins' other email accounts, still gil- <laughs> still giving us uh, double money until March 1st, and uh, lastly but not leastly, Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. And one more time, patreon.com slash no hugging. Tim, you're going to get lost in the mail. Yeah. All right. Again, no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Got something from David Bernstein. David Bernstein. Sorry, I just had to do. Anytime I have to end of the world as we know it by REM, anytime I hear. I I mean, it's it's not not a. You you do whatever you want, man. Yeah, I uh, wonder did, if he is ever I, not to interrupt, but I wonder if he's like one um, uh, thing that we used to do on air was what pop culture reference do you get when you tell people your name and people would call in and we try to guess what it is. I wonder if that is oh, David that's Bernstein good. if he ever gets. I might steal that. Oh, you, I can't believe you haven't been doing it already. It was one of my favorite things to do. It's like so easy because everybody <laughs> hates it and everybody has one, and so it gets yeah. It's like it, it's like a new version of the name thing, kind of. But I, may, yeah, I, I wonder. May, if, I may do that on Monday. <laughs> I would I would guess David Bernstein. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so David Bernstein writes us, subject line, new to your podcast, dot, 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 and uh, said, hello, men. I just found your podcast a few days ago. Did you ever figure out that hard rock song with the word respect in the title? This is a throwback. This is like first season of Seinfeld that we were talking about this. What, uh, you what mentioned it. The... We, we never figured it out. Well, um, what, what, what was the context? I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, I was talking about a song that I had heard on a rock station whenever I was on vacation at a beach in Delaware. I was listening to uh, WZBH, The Beach. Do you mm-hmm. get the get the pun? Yeah. Beach. I see. Oh, Z Beach. I see it. Yeah. Z Beach. Yeah. Uh, but it was a uh, '96 something. The Beach in uh in Delmarva, uh, D- Delaware, Maryland, Virginia area. Mm-hmm. But there was one song that I was listening to on their night show that I was really into. Uh, but their like tune genie wasn't working and I, I could not ever find what it was and uh, had a bunch of people at the time thinking I was talking about uh, walk by Pantera because it goes re spect and I'm like no it is not it it's not, not the that. same thing but David Bernstein continues you mentioned it in one of your uh, Seinfeld season one episodes I think I know the answer I'm listening from the beginning and I am a few episodes into season two now. Excellent job so far. I definitely plan on going through all your voluminous catalog. Cheers Thank from you. New York over here. <laughs> Dave. Dave. <laughs> and did he offer uh, uh, the answer to your the query? He didn't. He didn't. I well, emailed him back and <laughs> said, I, I, I asked him, like, what is it? What are you thinking it is? And he hasn't gotten back to me. <laughs> Why would he omit that? It's like, I think I, I know, know what it is. Anyway, have a good one. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe he died like uh, Mrs. Like, like Larry's nanny, Mrs. Cinderhouse or whatever. Like, I, 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 I need, need to what? tell Tim and Ted what the what the respect song is. Uh, 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 like, David? David Bernstein? David Bernstein, wake up. <laughs> David Bernstein. David Bernstein. <laughs> <laughs> uh but hey dave uh, i'm sure you'll hear this in maybe i don't know two years or something but thank yeah. you thank you for checking please, us out <laughs> please get back to us <laughs> yeah we appreciate it we appreciate it 
All right, Tim, all that being said, Season 5, Episode 6, The Smoking Jacket. Original air date, November 6th, 2005. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Larry is blackmailed into making two wishes come true and swaps smoking jackets with an icon. I don't think I like it. I don't either. All right, I think we can, I think we can do better. Um, by the way, I do want to mention some other pieces of news that uh, came through during our little hiatus this the onion tweeted on Super Bowl night. Super Bowl crowd erupts in applause as Rihanna brings out Richard Kind, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> and then also, so it kind of like sucks that we talked about this at length about how much we loved it last weekend. But the AI Seinfeld oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> this was immediately after yeah. we finished recording too. Yeah, and, uh, I I included whenever we published that episode on Patreon. It was like the now since canceled and <laughs> and and uh, albeit very transphobic AI. Uh, wh- whatever whatever I ended up saying yeah. about it. Nothing <laughs> forever yeah. got a 14 day suspension because AI Jerry in one of the opening monologues and like the one of the stand up bits he generated the AI generated this transphobic stand up bit that was like <laughs> again like all of the dialogue is really weird but. But it ended with, but no one is laughing, so I'm going to stop. Thanks for coming out tonight. See you next time. Where'd everybody go? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that classic Seinfeld um, outro. Uh, Yeah, it was. But, I mean, that's AI for you. I mean, it immediately gets corrupted. If you've been following the stuff with Bing or with even chat GPT or whatever, it's like all of it. It just gets corrupted by the internet, you know? There's There's so many hateful people on the internet that if it's just taking... taking context from everybody that is i don't know in human history it's gonna get pretty transphobic and pretty racist very quickly yeah it like it's the fifth it's the end of the fifth element when lilu learns about war and she like considers not saving humans because that's what she was she was like an ancient computer that was just like you know and and so the, the when she learns about war and she's like oh no i i can't do this you know it's like that's what happens to ai either they like want to become sentient and like take over the earth and like three really three rules us like an, like an irobot or they want to just stop existing like i don't make me do this anymore it's like no <laughs> the funny song lyrics are worth all of the uh you know hate speech that you're spewing <laughs> All right, so we open on Larry's birthday, and he makes a wish on his blowing out his candles, but he won't tell Jeff and Cheryl, who are there with him, what his wish was. But Jeff knows what it is. It's that Lewis Lewis, who is currently in a coma after being shot during a botched robbery at Jack in the Box by Peter Hagen, he is still in a coma, and Jeff guesses that Larry's wish was that he will die so that Larry won't have to give his kidney to Lewis. So we're like rebooting. What kind of happened in the last episode, uh, you know, for people who want to catch up a little bit of a story arc here. I love that that Larry's like, you think I'm the kind of person who would do something like that? And he like looks to Cheryl for reassurance and her silence was just like hilarious. Like, <laughs> I love, like, do, am I the kind of person that would do that? And she like looks away. She just and... looks at him, like <laughs> looks looks down and looks, looks away. Down, looks away, yeah. But Jeff got him a very nice gift. It's a green jacket. He saw Jeff wearing it. And so Jeff got him the exact same one in his size for his birthday, which is great. Cheryl's gift is on hold. Meanwhile, she knows Larry's going to love it, but she just has to confirm some stuff. So, so it's coming. <laughs> oh, also, I, I loved Larry's line of like that. It's good to have a big friend because you can really smack them around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I loved Cheryl's hit. She like, yeah, she, like, she just wallops him. 
Yeah, she does that weird kind of like cobra fist thing and like get like really tries to you could tell, I mean it was I just kind of saw a little bit of actually Jeff Garland and Cheryl Hines kind of shine through in that scene cuz you could tell it was very impromptu for Larry to kind of smack him and then bring that up and it just seemed like a very real moment that I that I liked that they kind of kept in. Uh to that point that cousin Andy arrives, Richard Kind, Super Bowl halftime show performer Richard Kind. Uh, is there (laughs) and jeff comes over and tells larry that he's been invited to the playboy mansion by half and he's like you should come with me and larry's like yeah right of course i'm gonna go to the playboy mansion and then andy's like i'd love to go (laughs) just invites himself (laughs) andy then picks up an us weekly and starts walking to the bathroom and larry asks andy while he's in there about did you ever hear anything about me being adopted when i was little did your parents ever mention anything you remember hearing anything and, and and andy says he never heard anything like that and he puts the magazine back on the table next to the telephone and larry <laughs> is disgusted and picks up the magazine gingerly and drops it into actually with a kleenex he picks it up and drops it and the kleenex into the trash can and then goes to wash his hands very much kind of a callback or a throwback to George taking the book into the bathroom at Brentano's and being on the hook for contaminating it. So we know kind of, you know, Larry's thinking of, of course, Jerry is a a clean freak too. So either one of them could have taken uh, credit for that gag over at city of angels medical center that's where lewis lewis is and larry is there checking on him and one of the doctors happens to be in there kind of making his rounds also uh, checking in on lewis lewis and the uh, prognosis is not good it's a for another seinfeld reference prognosis negative on lewis lewis it's just not looking good and larry's restrained joy in this scene is some of the best acting we've seen from him (laughs) ever. It's like his face is just so subtle, but so noticeable when he finds out that Lewis Lewis is not doing well, but he presses the doctor for kind of a time frame. He's like, how how often, I mean, when do people, you know, what, what's normally, is it a day, a month, a year? And the doctor is like, I'm, I can't really say like, it's like, if you had to, if you had to, like, I I don't, I I, I don't really want to, like, it's at that point, the doctor kind of excuses himself and Larry kind of like bumps this cord that was wound up on the hospital bed onto the floor. And as he's picking it up, a kid who is sharing the room with Lewis Lewis pulls back the curtain and calls Larry out for pulling the plug on Lewis Lewis because he could tell from the conversation that he kind of wants him dead. And Larry is very upset at the accusation. And the kid says that he'll keep quiet about all that stuff if Larry grants the wish that make a wish would not and that is to see a naked woman <laughs> oh lord I loved Larry's response to this he's got like impressed with the kid he's like you want to see a naked woman like that's kind of cool like the way that, like that's the reaction that Larry <laughs> like what like you're a cool kid like you want to see a naked woman I love that this kid goes imagine going your whole life without seeing a naked woman and Larry goes hey I almost did that was fucking hilarious <laughs> that's a great joke yeah that was funny uh, we find out the kid's name is Wilson. Did you recognize this kid? No. He no, I didn't. He hasn't done much. He was more of like a big child star. He hasn't really been in anything huge in his adult life. But at one, like back in 03, like he was already a star by this point. Be, like really? He was, he was almost, I almost hate to ha- say he was on the, almost on the downswing of his career at this point. Oh, Jesus. Because first of all, he's in my favorite movie of all time, Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums. He plays Ari Tenenbaum, one of also huh. fellow, fellow Curb star, uh, Ben Stiller. He plays Ben Stiller's kid in The Royal Tenenbaums. And around that same time, he was the star of his own show on Fox that actually got pretty good ratings for a little bit called Oliver Bean, which was kind of like... 
I don't know. It was it just followed a little kid growing up and being picked on as a lot of shows uh, do in that instance. So yeah, he would. He hasn't really been in much since, but he was certainly in the early two thousands, like on you know, kind of on his way. Who knows uh, what happened? He's he was in a movie in like twenty twenty one. I think it was even uncredited, and it's like not oh, you know, it's, it's not even like a, a big theatrical release. It's just kind of like uh, you know, one of those that the filmmaker had to put on IMDb himself. Movies it looks like. <laughs> but so Larry is like, all right, I, I guess I'll try to make this happen. Uh, make your wish come true. And by the way, that made me really want to ask our Make a Wish connection what would happen <laughs> if a kid asked for something like this, that or if they've incredible. ever, oh yeah, my God. what wishes they cannot. I might actually reach out. I'll put that in. I'll put that in here. And make a wish. Do and it. Say yeah. like we won't. We'll, we will. You can be an anonymous source. We can. You can retract anything you want at any time. Like just tell us. Just give us the lowdown on like what actual you know the mo is for for Make a Wish when they get a wish that is inappropriate like this or whatever like what is an inappropriate wish like or have you ever gotten one whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna try to try to do some homework on that back at home uh, nat larry's dad sent a package to larry's house this beautiful smoking jacket and it's addressed to andy and they had had this conversation earlier when andy first arrived about nat you know like his the cognitive ability is definitely declining and so larry is like okay he got confused because he wanted obviously to send this to me for my birthday but remember when we were kids you used to get a present too because you didn't want to feel he didn't want you to feel left out so he probably just accidentally addressed it but andy will not take that for an answer which i loved it's like definitely the most logical explanation but andy's like no he sent it to me to your house like that doesn't make <laughs> like, sense like why would he do that why would he do why that would he do that yeah you don't and even live be- on this side of the country <laughs> yeah. and he's like you just can't you just can't you have to have everything for yourself you're a brat uh, i just love that like, yeah it's my birthday <laughs> yeah um and meanwhile cheryl is looking for the us weekly that larry threw out because there was a phone number on it that had to do with larry's birthday present but Andy contaminated it. And I love Andy like <laughs> getting Larry's face. What do you mean I contaminated it? <laughs> and that's when they start tussling over the jacket as well. Uh, walking with Jeff later on, Jeff asks him, hey, you going to come to the Playboy Mansion with me? And Larry's like, no, I'm already in trouble for throwing out this magazine. Jeff's like, well, exactly. You're already in trouble. What are you going to do? Get more in trouble? You might as well come to the Playboy Mansion. It's the, uh, what did he call it? The double? Double transgression theory. Yeah, the double transgression theory. Um <laughs> And so you might as well go. And 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 I love this as a non sequitur that must have confused Jeff. He's like, yeah, I can bring that kid, Wilson. <laughs> okay. Yeah, d- doesn't explain anything, but yeah. he at least uh, starts telling Jeff about who Wilson is. Yeah, I can bring that kid, Wilson. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait a second. I say let's go to the Playboy Mansion. Your first thought is I can bring a kid. Uh, so at home... This, to me, was one of the funny... There's a lot of great shots in this episode, but Larry's coming downstairs, and Andy is, like, splayed out in this tiny chair that's too small to splay (laughs) out in. But it's like he's splayed out, and he's, like, lounging in the smoking jacket. He's wearing it around the house now. Uh, And Jeff... And and Larry says, hey, well, I'm I'm going to the Playboy Mansion. And Andy's like, oh, please, let me come. That would be so... What an amazing part of my trip if I got to go to the Playboy Mansion. Let me go. And so Larry works out, smartly, a quid pro quo for the smoking jacket, which Andy relinquishes immediately. He's like, give me the smoking jacket. You can go. Oh, yeah. Not even a fight. He gives it up immediately. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, fine. 
great. Rather than take it all upstairs, though, Larry's like, no, give it to me. I'm going to take it to the dry cleaners. Because I guess <laughs> even if it's not in the bathroom, maybe it was. Maybe we, And maybe we didn't see that. But everything everything Andy touches is contaminated, I guess. <laughs> it's smart. It's a smart idea. Yeah, yeah, not bad. And it's a smart bet that he didn't take it off to go to the bathroom when he was lounging around the house <laughs> uh, and splayed out in it. Um, so at the Playboy Mansion, you know, so it's Larry and Jeff and Andy and Wilson. They all pull up and... Larry walks to the grotto, and the women immediately start screaming and running away. <laughs> this is never explained. No, it's not. Um, I don't know what's going on here. Are they just surprised that a second old disgusting man <laughs> is at the mansion? Yeah. Yeah, it's never explained, like, why Larry elicited that response. Like, surely all of these women have seen, like, disgusting old men. And I'm not Oh my god, Larry. yeah, they've had to see plenty of disgusting old men and probably nude. Yeah, and I don't I don't even want to denigrate Larry David. Like he's put together. He's like, you know, and, and worth a billion dollars. Like and I just don't get that reaction that they all scream and run away. But it was funny that, you know, it's as so Larry kind of beats everybody there as the other guys are like talking about this car that's parked outside. And they show up as Larry, you know, has run off all the women and he sees and Wilson is obviously very disappointed. And Larry goes, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was odd. I wish we had figured out like, oh, there's yeah, a I, I wish there was literally any, looked, yeah. any explanation for this. Yeah, it's just it's just the real Larry David's self-esteem <laughs> that made him write this. Like I show up and women scream and run as if they're being assaulted, like. Okay, you don't really make that. No, no, that's what happens. That's what happens. That's the way I feel about myself. <laughs> like, okay. Inside, Larry bumps into Hugh Hefner and two out of the three girls next door, as we were talking about <laughs> last week. Uh, didn't now did these episode this episode premiere? It just premiered the same week as Girls Next Door, no, right? Same, same night. night. Same night. Same night as like uh, it was like season one, episode six. I think I saw last week uh it was definitely season one so it was uh it was cross promotion at its finest or at its most shameless probably <laughs> yeah so the world had already fallen in love with holly and bridget that's who that's who we see here but if you're if you're a fan of of me and ted's favorite as we mentioned you know just stay tuned uh as we were talking last week larry notices that hugh is wearing the same jacket that his that larry's dad just mailed him and Hugh Hefner's like, that, that's doubtful. This is one of a kind. I order him special from Italy. This is a Roselli smoking jacket. It's one of a kind, uh, you know. And Larry's like, it's exactly the same. I, I have it in the car. Let me go get it. And Hugh Hefner's like, I'd love to see it. And Wilson is in the car just like sitting there. I can't believe that Wilson couldn't walk around the mansion and find one more naked woman. Yeah, come on. Believe. Like... And he's upset that, like, oh, Larry scared away all the naked girls. Bud, you're at the fucking Playboy Mansion. Like, yeah. wait go five inside. Minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, waiting waiting for a naked woman in the Playboy Mansion is like waiting for it to, I don't know, the weather to change in Pennsylvania. Wait yeah. five minutes and something will happen. Wait five. Just walk somewhere else. Like those women went somewhere. I doubt yes. there was like, hey, there's a there's a weird bald guy around. Everyone keep your clothes on for the rest of the day. Like, I don't I don't think that's probably against the rules there. Even. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> Uh, Wilson wants to leave, but you know Je uh, Larry's like, "No, give me the jacket." And so uh, they they tussle over that a little bit. But back inside, 
Uh, Hugh Hefner is impressed with the jacket. He says it's a, it's a very good knockoff, but it's not a Roselli. He's like, let me try it on. He's like, oh, it even, it even fits. And he walks into the bathroom and kind of look in the mirror. And then he's like, excuse me for a second and closes the door <laughs> as Larry's like giving him a like, yeah. what and, the fuck look. And th- there's a like a montage of time passing of Larry just making small talk after small talk after small talk <laughs> with Holly and Bridget. And I-, I didn't think their performance could be any more like stiff and wooden <laughs> until the close of this scene with Hugh Hefner popping out of the restroom, a uh, jacket in his arm, and Kendra walks up and she <laughs> puts them both to shame saying, uh, honey, you're needed in the grotto. <laughs> or, or, or what, what does she actually say? Yeah, Kendra, Kendra comes up. This is how I have it written in my notes. Kendra comes up and delivers the most wooden line saying, uh, you're wanted at the grotto now, baby. And then all of the girls walk away. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. That did make, I'd say Holly was the best. Bridget maybe after, but I can understand why Kendra wasn't in the full scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kendra, Kendra was uh, the, the worst. Is it appropriate to say, hey, it's the Playboy Mansion. Something's got to be stiff and wooden. hey <laughs> um, My favorite is the way it starts when Holly goes, so where do you live? And Larry goes, <laughs> yeah. in Los Angeles. That's Christ. That is, that's like, you know, me being here, someone, someone from Pittsburgh asking me where I live and saying in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's like, you're it's like in Los saying, Angeles. <laughs> oh, what do you like to listen to? Music. Music. But it's not even that. It's not even that because like there, the Playboy Mansion is also in Los Angeles. Like you have to be more specific <laughs> when you're talking to somebody else who also lives in Los Angeles when you're in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, that's what I loved about it. It's like, yeah, I, I just thought. I mean, was... I, I guess they see a lot of like international travelers. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. Yeah, they can think, uh, oh, he li- he lives in New York or something, or yeah. oh, he, he's he's in, he fucked off to Europe after Seinfeld. In Los Angeles. It's like you, you know, meeting somebody who's like, oh, where, where do you live? And you say in, in College Station or whatever. And like, I'm in College Station too. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's all we need to know. But Hugh uh, finally comes out, as you mentioned, and, and Kendra says he's needed in the grotto. And he gives Larry the smoking jacket back. But, of course, Larry is disgusted by it. And so when Hugh took the Roselli off, he threw it on this bench. So Larry switches the Roselli with his dad's smoking jacket and walks out. Uh, back at home, Cheryl is upset that Larry went to the Playboy Mansion, and she doesn't even want to give him his birthday gift. But it's at that point that Larry begs for forgiveness and explains the double transgression theory, like a dog who got in trouble for chewing up the couch or whatever he says, and he knows he's in trouble, so he grabs some food off the counter on his way out. He's like, I thought I'd do two bad things. That way, one apology would <laughs> count for both of them. I think one central tenet of the double transgression theory is don't t- don't talk about it it's the same as fight yeah. club <laughs> don't yeah. talk about it <laughs> first rule of the double transgression theory is you don't talk about <laughs> yeah. the double transgression theory don't confess that that's where you what you were doing or guess what that's your third transgression and now yes. you're not covered <laughs> but his gift you, you was you just have to make a fourth transgression to to even everything to out to cancel him out <laughs> but Cheryl relents and says that his birthday gift was a round of golf gary player and that's why he starts apologizing her uh and gary player was his favorite golf it's interesting that you know someone with the last name of player became an athlete who plays a a game of golf but uh, his that was his favorite player he always liked him better than arnold palmer it's a very thoughtful gift from cheryl because you know larry mentioned it once a long time ago or something 
it's at that point that Andy shows up with Nat, who thinks that the nursing home is stealing from him because he can't find his smoking jacket. But it's at that point that Larry brings out the smoking jacket and explains to Nat that he sent it, must have sent it by mistake. And Nat says that, well, first of all, I, I would, why would I send you my smoking jacket that I love so much? And second of all, this is not my smoking jacket. Mine is a Roselli and this is a knockoff. And <laughs> Larry's like, that means that Hughes Roselli is a knockoff and my dad had a real imported Italian smoking jacket. So Larry's got to go back to the mansion and Hugh Hefner says, no, that's, I have the Roselli, that's the knockoff. And Larry's like, no, I switched them. And he was like, no, I can tell with the stitching or whatever. It's it, it That's the knockoff. And uh, I don't really have time for this. They, they're waiting for me upstairs. <laughs> I loved this line when he's like, no, I have, because Larry tries a couple times. He's like, no, this is the Roselli. This is the, who's waiting for you upstairs? I loved that <laughs> so much. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Just a funny way to end the scene. <laughs> who's waiting for you upstairs? So back at the medical center, there's been no change in Lewis Lewis's situation, and the doctor is very impressed that Larry keeps coming by to check on yeah. his friend. And Larry's like, well, it is my friend's cousin. <laughs> yeah, like that means anything. <laughs> um, the And Wilson still wants his wish. Larry's got to make good on his wish, and Larry doesn't know what he's going to do, but he's like, all right, get dressed. We'll go somewhere. I don't know. I find it hard to believe that Larry, who was able to hire a prostitute to use the carpool lane, wouldn't also just make a call to some high-end escort service. But but I don't know. Would they yeah. agree to... There's a weird gray area involving children and sex crimes that's an undercurrent that <laughs> you know, no one really wants to talk about about this episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> you know, it's like... It, it's, the, it's the double standard of like the female teacher sleeping with the female the male student and it's like oh yeah where were those teachers when i was uh like you know he was raped right like uh, yeah yeah like this is this below is below the age of consent like this is this still the exact same level as a, of assault is as if a male teacher was doing this to a female student like yeah well yeah one should not be celebrated yeah it's it's like if there if it was a reverse and it was like a female patient like i want to see a naked dude and larry made that happen it was like oh god larry's canceled like i know it's 2005 and, <laughs> but larry uh larry david's over like that's disgusting but because it's a kid who like wants to see some boobs uh it's okay but yeah just just had to just had to mention that because there's a reason make a wish wouldn't grant this wish it's like no nah, we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that weird area of uh, but so, you know, get dressed. We're going to go somewhere. I don't know where he's got to go home first because he forgot his cell phone because it's 2005 and people still didn't bring their phones everywhere, <laughs> which is hilarious. When he goes inside, he sees they walk upstairs to Larry's bedroom. And that's where Andy, who met a playmate at the Playboy Mansion and had a date with her. That's where he is having sex with the playmate in the bed. And it, Wilson sees her breasts and his wish is granted. His <laughs> wish has been uh, fulfilled, which is. I feel like, you know, as much of a gray area as this was, eh, I don't think he should have put up with that. What he saw was a topless woman. He didn't see a naked woman. I would yeah, say. Yeah, no. He, you know, he, he only saw half of a naked woman. Yeah, before you die, I mean, or whatever's going on, I think you I think you get the full show. I mean, that's what I would That's what I would want. <laughs> but um, but Wilson, this is good enough for Wilson. And so uh, back at the medical center, uh, the Make-A-Wish people are once again sitting down with Wilson, and he has thought of a wish that he can make come true. He wants Hugh Hefner's smoking jacket, the Roselli. So he's going to do this favor for Larry to get his dad's smoking jacket back. 
Uh, over at Gary Player's house, Larry shows up in his nice new green jacket from Jeff uh, to play his round and have lunch and some drinks with Gary Player. And amazingly enough, it it's, looks exactly the same one that they give you when you win the Masters Tournament, which, of course, Gary Player has in 1961. I guess he beat Arnold Palmer, and he won the Masters, and it, it is, sure, the same jacket. And so Larry takes that jacket off of the mannequin, while Gary is like, let me just try this one on and see what it looks like in the bathroom mirror. And then he excuses himself and closes the door. And it's at that point that Larry looks at the actual master's jacket and starts scratching his chin. And Frolic starts to play. And that is the end of the episode. I don't think I've ever tried on something that belonged to someone else. And immediately it had to go shit. I know it's a weird thing. You know what? Especially with while I'm still wearing the thing. (laughs) You know what? I mean, both of these are older gentlemen, Ted. I guess when we get to that age, when it hits you, it hits you. It happened with Andy too. I I guess like uh, Andy was just doing like the normal thing of taking a taking a, a magazine in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And and he was showing up right after a trip. I did think about this. I was like, man, before he even greeted Cheryl, that's totally fine. Yeah, it was like before he even said anything to Cheryl, he went and and took a dump. And I'm like, you know what? He just got off a cross-country flight. You don't want to do that in the airplane. You don't want to do that in the airport. He was probably, like, really hurting for it when he got there. It's You know, it happens to me all the time. Like, first place I show up before I say hi to anybody, it was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I've been in the car for six hours or whatever. We didn't stop. I knew I could make it, but now I really have to go. So give me a second. We, we, we made great time, but I got a piss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember one time um, we were seeing some friends that, that were like spent like two or three years overseas. And we were seeing from for the first time. And we were just making the two-hour trip from Harrisonburg to the D.C. area. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop at this McDonald's before we get there because I'm going to want to like greet and hug my friends. And like I haven't seen them for a long time. Yeah. And we're going to want to like catch That's up smart. immediately. That's and smart. And I'm, I'm going to piss my pants. And so we stopped at a McDonald's nearby. And then we showed up. And then, yeah, I was like, I, I just got to do this. I don't want to show up having to go to the bathroom immediately. <laughs> All right. Well, do we got any homework this week? Uh, I just wrote down Make-A-Wish restrictions, I guess. Yeah, you know, let's, we'll see let's see if, if we, we can, can uh, talk to to our, our Make-A-Wish yeah. connect. <laughs> I bet. Maybe she'd be willing to be on the show. I mean, that would be cool, but I don't think <laughs> if she's going to give us any inside info that she would want to out herself as our source. So Yeah, probably won't. not. But I'll, I'll certainly not. ask. I'm like, hey, if you can come, in, uh, come on and talk about the rule book, that's great. But can you just give us some info on the restrictions and what you're, <laughs> you know, what you're not able to to do all right tim what do you like for cover art this week i gotta say the four of them that shot of them standing outside the car looking at the playboy mansion i think is perfect okay yeah but i like that it, yeah i mean the, the other one is like all of them in the car when they pull up i like that the guy goes talking to the rock or something like that speak into the rock please <laughs> something like that <laughs> that's the first what's your thing what's he your says business? yeah, yeah what's your business? <laughs> so that that's kind of funny because you can see everyone's faces but i feel like that four shot of them jeff larry wilson and andy uh, just and that's from the, the back, Playboy right? Mansion. No, I think it's from the front. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take a look and I'll, I'll try and make something work. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we can do about this week's description. So we had Larry is blackmailed into making two wishes come true and swap smoking jackets with an icon. What's the second wish? I, I guess it's just continuing to try and help Wilson see a naked woman. <sighs> God. Yeah. yeah so... I, I, Make bad. two it's wishes come true. Because I'm like, if they're thinking the naked woman was one and the smoking jack was another, well, he wasn't blackmailed into 
making the smoke the smoking jacket request was like a favor that Wilson did because he didn't need a wish anymore. It was to get Larry's. It's just bad all around. So all right, let's try to figure this out. All right, so we have Wilson. So the wish has to come into it. What while okay here we go while helping a t- while helping a sick child with his wish, Larry does a thing. <laughs> yeah, I like that. While. <laughs> But, I, but he is blackmailed. So, I mean, maybe we can keep some of that, like, blackmailed into granting, should we say, like, blackmailed into granting a child's wish? Is that weird? You know? Is uh, that blackmailed yeah, into know. granting? It, it's, it's a little It's a little. Because I, I don't want to say, like, blackmailed into granting a dying child's wish is a little Yeah, we don't harsh. know if he's dying. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be totally fine. Yeah. Um, so, blackmailed into granting a child's wish. Larry, Larry, um... I don't mind the latter part. What is it? Larry... Swaps. swaps smoking jackets with an icon because that happens twice kind of oh yeah that's true so that happens twice not two wishes <laughs> <laughs> larry swaps two smoking I mean, jackets two smoking jackets i almost hate that i almost hate that it's it's revealed that he that the, he swaps them i feel like that gives away too much of the plot how about uh blackmailed into granting a child's wish larry loses his dad's smoking jacket yeah yeah, I like That's that. That's not so bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that works. I think that covers us. So it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was just that two wishes thing and the swaps jackets with an icon was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it gives away too much. So loses track of his dad's smoking jacket. All right, I'm happy with that. All right, Tim. Tim, did you like this episode? Ted, we've got our second star of season five. Really? Yeah. Oh God. Okay. I I I'm interested to hear why it elicits that reaction. But I thought I got had a lot of great laughs in this episode. It loops over on itself in very funny ways. I loved the whole swapping the smoking jacket, but the fact that they revisited it with the master's jacket, I thought was hilarious at the end. And it, it had some good Richard Kind. We had some great Cheryl moments. Uh, I really appreciated her in this episode. I thought it was a better than average episode. What about you? See, I am going to give it a star low. My third ah. star low oh boy. of the season. I, I only have one actual full unequivocal star on yeah. season five, and we are over halfway through. <laughs> uh, so I think I'm going to be uh, utilizing a couple of my star lows here. But the whole time through the episode, I just, I don't know, I wasn't feeling it. But right as it started to wrap up, that ending was incredible. Yes, yeah. This has been, there have been some solid, solid endings this season. This one was great. The jump for joy in the last episode. We know how bad we loved the Mrs. Ciderhouse, whatever her name was. That ending we loved. I mean, they've they've really upped their game as far as not letting the episode just kind of like peter out on a <laughs> on a punchline that's not really that funny but like the punchlines have had something to do with the episode they've like propelled the story forward almost like cliffhangers you know like the ciderman one was like oh i had an answer for him well how's that adoption thing gonna work out the jumping for joy is like oh lewis lewis is gonna die or whatever like larry's happy now about it and then that propelled us into this episode and then this ending brought us back to like something that had happened already that we could like finish we could fill in the blank with what larry's gonna do and he's like do i have to steal this piece of sports history (laughs) yeah another solid hilarious ending so i mean without even talking about it later on like you know future episodes if we see a green sport coat just hanging in larry's closet we don't know is that his own is that the jacket from the 1961 masters it leaves it open and i do like that 
Yeah. Uh, but it's just like the the rest of the episode wasn't really doing anything for me. So I, I, I feel I feel confident in giving it a star low. And this is only my second star anything of the whole season. So I'm glad that I'm still <laughs> able to like recognize what is in my mind a star worthy episode. And it was I actually watched this one twice because I watched it Monday night. And then I also watched it again this afternoon just to make sure because sometimes when we when I go three or four days, I'm like, why the fuck did I write this? What, why, <laughs> why did I write this? La- Larry talks about what, what the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah. And then it's not <laughs> anything that caught your attention. You're like, I don't oh. know. And I just watched the episode. Either that or like, yeah, or I'm not explaining it well enough. I'm like, what did I like about this? And you're like, I don't know. You're <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I watched it again today and I enjoyed it just as much. And I, I cracked up at, at different things because I wasn't taking notes on it. I was just watching it. So different stuff cracked me up this time. And yeah, I got, I had a lot of good laughs in this episode. All right, Tim, next week we have got season five, episode six, the Seder original air date, November 13th, 2005. And if you are looking in TV guide that night, you are going to see Larry ruffles feathers by inviting a sex offender to a Seder. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh no. All right. Is, is it cousin Andy who was arrested for, Showing a young boy for you know for subjecting a young boy to a naked woman, uh, we don't know. <laughs> Plot twist: We go through the rest of season five. Cousin Andy becomes a registered sex offender, <laughs> and Larry has to do something about it. By the way, I watched the credits, and um, she's only even though she has a name, she's only credited as playmate, which I feel was very mean because yeah, she's, because Andy's she like hasn't, she's Bobby Sue. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I met a playmate. Her name is Bobby Sue. And it's like, okay, she's going to show up. Call her. She showed up twice in two scenes. Call her Bobby Sue. No, the credits say playmate. But guess what her real name is? Bobby Sue. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, so I feel like, and here's the, here's the real kick in the crotch to Bobby Sue. Like, Kendra, it says herself, Holly, herself, Bridget, herself, playmate, Bobby Sue. Jesus Christ. Why can't you say herself? I mean, come on. <laughs> At Let's least see. give her okay. <laughs> Bobby Sue Luther is yeah. her name. Was she? I'm guessing she was not an actress, but an actual playmate. I like distinction. I like distinguishing between the two. Uh, as if they, yeah. you can't be an actress. Ameri- you're a playmate. <laughs> American model, actress, film producer, and host of TLC's Junkyard Mega Wars. Well, damn, Bobby Sue. Oh, selected to advance to the last 28 candidates of the 2004 WWE Diva Search. Wow. Well, okay, so she is an actress and not a playmate. But and so okay, so she's playing Bobby Sue. She's not playing Bobby Sue Luther. She's playing Bobby Sue Leonard or whatever. You know, kind of like a Jeff Garland, Jeff Green kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, type, something like that. But give her a let her. How, how about Bobby Sue was played by Bobby Sue? <laughs> Bobby I'm, Sue I'm, herself. I, I guess because she's not because she is an actor. You know, it's not like yeah. she's uh, just like it says Jeff Garland as Jeff Green. Yeah, it would. But I would prefer to say. Bobby Sue Luther as Bobby Sue. You know, I, I would have. I, I'm angry for her that they they didn't give her a name, even though she is named multiple times in the episode. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do about it now. All right, is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallowell. Be good. Be good.